You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Audition side jobs, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey everybody, welcome to Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. So glad you could come back and listen to another episode. I'm just having a really good time connecting with friends and getting feedback from all of you. So thank you so much for downloading and listening and liking and giving me uh, your feedback. Um, I'm actually talking to you right now from my basement in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm home for 24 hours for my mom's 70th birthday, and I am in my basement where (laughs) I spend a lot of time as a kid creating and um, putting on musicals of my own uh, by myself, for myself. Uh, It's what you do when you're an only an only child, gay boy in the Midwest. Um, so it's it's fun to get to uh, talk to you from down here. Um, I have a great guest this week, Leslie Kritzer, who is a really good friend and somebody who I respect for so many reasons. But as we talk about in this discussion, she just, she puts herself out there a lot and She's very creative, and I'm really in awe of of people, but especially actors who write their own material and produce their own things and create their own work. And she just did this amazing video of her character, Riftina, about tacos for Hillary. And she asked me to be a part of it, and I said yes of course without even knowing what it was about or anything because anything Leslie does is hysterical and amazing and um we had the best time we got together a couple weeks ago and she shot this film and got so many amazing people together including including Randy Blair and Andrew Keenan Bolger and um and a whole really good group of folks and it was so impressive to me so I asked her if we could talk about that and how she did it, and just about how she does everything full speed and just with all of her heart and soul. She's a good egg. We hadn't talked to each other in a long time, and uh, we had a really great conversation. It's a long one. We definitely have the gift of the gab when we're together, so uh, enjoy. Oh, I'm just listening to it a little bit. Just to see the levels? Yeah. Is this good? 
I think it's good in my expert opinion. <laughs> I think I think we're good. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Are you liking the show still? Are you liking doing it? I love doing it. Yeah, I love doing it. I would say that I was worried at first that having 10 minutes of material was going to become I don't know quickly uh, I don't want to say boring but you know that thing where you just automatically lose being present and you just are on autopilot we're in that I have more material than you but yes yeah I can walk on stage and be an autopilot I know the show's so well now. yeah it's just because you can get to that point where you're on stage doing your thing and wondering what you're gonna have for dinner that night and I've had full-on conversations with myself right while saying dialogue and while listening to and it's hard yeah you really do have to click in okay what is it what's happening here what like right before sometimes I'll say my lines like the few lines that I'll have in the scene and then go on stage yeah oh I go over every single word before I go on stage every single word yeah. Because Andrew Reynolds told the story that he went up on his oh, um, no. words the second entrance, or maybe it was in the first number, I don't remember. But because there's three separate entrances as the king, and each one of them is very similar, it's the same song with different words, but you know, they're kind of similar. Right. I can take one wrong turn, and I'm on stage <laughs> by myself, just screwed. Just like all of a sudden I'm back to, I go out at the end when it's like George Washington stepping away and I'm like, oh, you'll be back. Wait, no, you won the war. I'm sorry. I'm going to go away now. You know, like I'm afraid that there's just no saving it. So I I have to get the words right every time. Is the vibe still good around work? Or Mm -hmm. is it like everyone's happy? Yeah. Good. Yeah, everyone's happy. It's... It's a lot of uh, new folks, so there was a lot of one-by-one new people coming in, and, you know, it was was crazy for a little while, but um, it's just nice that it's settled, and there's this new cast that's so excited to be there. Yeah, it's new energy, new blood. Yeah. It's, It's fun, and I mean, they, you know, it's, it's an amazing show, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, but, um. It's it's work. It's th- for them, you know. It's three hours long, so it's every single show is quite the undertaking for for the cast, and I'm I'm in awe of them. I never take a PT slot. I never, I never take, take a PT, a PT slot. slot. People never. are like, "Oh, there's free. No one's there." I'm like, "Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not taking no way." Slot. I am not going I to be caught dead taking that PT <laughs> slot. Yes, that is so my mo. Because I'm like, if I took that and like somebody, some of one dancer. Some 22-year-old dancer who's literally... Like picking up in boxes. Yeah. I mean, no, no way. Yeah, I just I just walk around saying I'm sorry and how grateful I am. And can I do anything for anyone? You guys must be so tired. I, I always feel bad when I'm saying I'm tired. Although lately, especially because of the video, I, I, everyone knows yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. And then I was busy. And, but that's what happens is because doing this show... Everyone, like I have 
a lot of time backstage, of course. I really, really do. I have two 45-minute breaks that are completely carefree for yeah. me because when I first get there, I have to get ready, and then by the time I do the first song, I'm kind of just getting ready to do that song, and then I have 45 minutes, then I do another little ditty, and then I have another 45 minutes or so. Right. And then I'm pretty much doing stuff till, through the end of the show. But everyone asks me what I'm doing. And when you have, you're just like me. When you have any kind of time mm -hmm. that you're being given, or if there's any question inside yourself, let alone when other people are like, what are you doing with this <laughs> 45 minutes twice every single show? You're like, my God, I better stop just incessantly reading Twitter. I need to do something with right. my life and make something of myself. Exactly. And it's, you know, when I'm unemployed for six months, no one asked what I was doing. Right. No, one no one cared. And I had tons of time. But I've made myself so busy outside of the show now mm -hmm. that I go to the show and those 45 minutes are like the time where I can breathe a little bit. It's the time where I'm like, okay, I should just focus on being here, being right. present. I don't know if that's what your experience is, but clearly you, you take more, out large projects. You, I do. And I, I promised myself when I took this job, I mean, I have a good about 30 minute, I think it's 30 minutes. I really should time it. Yeah. Are we recording now? We're probably yeah, recording. we're recording. So I have about a 30 minute, 35 minute break. The, top, the end of act one. Uh -huh through intermission and then I have like two numbers that I have I, or two or three numbers and then I go back on stage. It's a good chunk of half hour. And when I, so I kind of just saw the track and I was like, wow, this is an easy track. It came yeah. on, it was a guy a couple of times. Yeah. Literally like walk, walk, funny, <clears throat> say a line, walk off. I have a big number in the first act, about two numbers in. And then it's like walking, cross going, ba, 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 ba. This and is then, in something wrong. This is in something wrong. Sorry. And, uh, and so I, when I did Robert Bridegroom at the roundabout before that, and I came, you know, I got the call. I was listening to your podcast, and you're like, you get that call for a Broadway show, and I got this call, and that doesn't happen all the time. So right. I was like, wow, this just fell into my lap, and how amazing right. um, that is to have, and so grateful for that. It's such a great part, and Robert Bridegroom is so physically exhausting right. to do. Um, it's one of my favorite things I've ever done, but... My body was fully covered in bruises every night, and vocally I was tired, so a lot of screaming, a lot of screeching, and a lot of whatever. Well, you're not somebody who does anything <laughs> less than 120 <laughs> That's right, that's right. I mean, nothing. If I'm going to do, do a prep ball, you're I'm going to do that prep ball. Because if not, everyone in the audience is going to know that's like, oh, she didn't do that she right. It needs to it. look like it hurts a little bit and try to find a way yeah. that it doesn't. Uh, eventually, I found a way. My knees almost broke. But, oh, God. But... So when I got this job and I figured out the track and I said, okay, so I want to do something. I've always been creating stuff and you yeah. and I have talked about stuff, but I really wanted to like use the time and six months in a show, use the time to create and push myself. And I had already started doing that, but that's when the idea for this video came about uh, with the election and the whole taco truck comment with Marco Gutierrez and... And I had done an election video eight years ago, and the, the short story is that 
I wanted to audition for SNL and they called and I made this video in 48 hours and you can see it on YouTube. Um, I have many, <laughs> many times along with my husband and you know I'm obsessed with it. Thanks, Barack, Barry. McKay, McKay, McKay. Barack, Barack Obama. And that that is, is Liza Minnelli commentary. I mean, when I tell you my friend Kim, my friend Jared, my friend, um, oh God, oh God, oh God, I haven't seen him in so long. Oh, it's gonna, I'm gonna remember his name in a two minutes that filmed it. He's in Austin now. He's a big time film, fancy filmmaker now. And you guys came together and put it together. 48, 48 hours. hours. It's insane. And none of it was scripted. It was all wow. improvised. The entire thing and edited, of course, uh, to, you know, and he did such an amazing job and cannot believe I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, that's so, okay, we'll edit it in. We'll later. edit it in later. Right here. <laughs> and, so, yeah, and, oh, yeah. yes, oh, that's him, him, He's him, wonderful. Yes, oh, God, he's so good, so fancy now. <laughs> uh, I wanted to do that. And then, long story short, because, you know, you, you talk on the podcast about, like, disappointments and all this and that. Yeah. It's like, they were like, she's really great, uh, but it's not going to go further. So I didn't even get, like, an in-person audition, and right. I was so bummed. I was so depressed, whatever. I put it on the internet, and it still got some traction. At the time, if I would have known what I know now, I would have pushed it even further, but right. I kind of just gave up. And so I haven't done, like, a video, a, like, a real good video since... I've done little ones, but since the election was going to come around, I said, well, I'm going to bring this Riftina character back and do this whole music video and write this track. I said... I'm going to write it, I'm going to produce it, I'm going to write this music, and I'm going to pull all my resources and all the talented people I know together, and I'm going to spend my own money to pay for the things that I know I need right. to make it, because I'm sitting in a Broadway show, and I need to do it. Right. I want to do it. Yeah. Because when you're in that, when you're, it, it's funny to me, and I want to hear so much more about the process of it, because yeah. I think that... I, that's what I'm most impressed by actors is when they take the reins mm -hmm. of their own career, mm -hmm. of their own destiny, and do something that is outside of their comfort zone because we're so used to showing up to somebody else's project, yeah. somebody else's thing, and just being plugged into that. Well, if you really want to have an exciting career, if you want to have some kind of say in what you do, you really have to get outside of that comfort zone and do some really scary, overwhelming things, which is making a video. And I don't right. think that people realize that that doesn't just like fall out of the sky no. and just happen. It's excruciatingly hard. And I know, I, it's I, yeah. I like, at a certain point, my collaborator, Randy Blair, was like, I was worried about you for a second there. Yeah, yeah. As she, he's like, I didn't know it was humanly possible for you to do all the things that you did right. in preparation for the video. Yeah. Because... You know, at first it starts out with an idea. Right. First it starts sitting at your computer with GarageBand. And I'm a musician. So uh, you go, well, who am I to make a music track? Well, right. you start, you go on GarageBand, you do this. Then you call up your friend that works at a recording studio that, in a major label. Yeah, I'll help chip in. Boom, boom, you start piecing it together. And then it's true. One thing leads to the next. So... The process of it, if you, you want to know about like how it happened, like yeah. basically I wrote this track slowly. I sent pieces back and forth to Randy and I said, what do you think about this? And he's like, oh, that's funny. I wrote the hook. I wrote the, all of that, but I needed like, well, is there going to be a second verse? First verse. What's the point of view? Right. You know, what is that? Who is she? Is she 
I mean, I am half, um, I do call myself a Jew Rican because it's the easiest way to explain what I right. am. My mother's Puerto Rican and my dad's Polish Jewish, but it's easier and it's funnier just to say Jew Rican. <laughs> and some people that are like, you know, people have their own little cute names. So I said, mm-hmm. so Randy and I decided that she was going to be an extension of myself, but a, a, you know, like a much more heightened version of Right. And I said, let's do this taco truck thing. This is like, this is immediate. It's now at the time when I wrote it, it was even more in the news. You know, right. I'm not like Saturday Night Live that can turn around in four days a fully produced music video or yeah. like seven days or whatever. Right. So then, so I messed around with the track. I wrote the track completely on GarageBand, and then Randy and I would meet to kind of figure out certain lyrics and you know, bridge and this and that. Um, our friend Ron, who's the music producer who works in Atlantic records in midtown <clears throat> helped us um record it we, we went in we mastered the track we did wow. all these things but this happened literally like up until the 11th hour we were changing lyrics so like right so there's that then i assembled a team so randy is i've been writing with randy for years mm. he was our director and my co-writer andrew keenan bolger i approached him and i said listen i'm doing this thing he's another one someone who oh yeah Decided to shoot his own videos and direct and do all these things. He's done books, you know. Oh, yeah. He's done everything. So I said, listen, you get this. I love your style. I love your camera. Right. Would you come on? This is what I'm able to do. He's like, I'm game. So I got him. Randy got a line producer, Jordan, who's worked in TV and film to kind of organize the day. So he's, who's like, and I'm new to this whole process because it was an, as you know, because you did the video. Thank God you did it. Everyone loves you. Did you see all these memes of you? No, I saw. Well, I saw one. Or did you two. see the all these? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw the yeah, slow yeah. motion, and they're like, yeah. I mean, no, it's, I'm living it. for it. I mean, it's people my, are loving. I'm it. gonna grow out my hair and bleach it blonde. <laughs> but when you're in the taco rain, you're like, yeah, it's so great. Yeah. Anyway, so so Jordan was in charge of organizing the shoot. And I have so much respect for people that do that job. She's basically like a stage manager on crack. Right. Like, you know, you and I have both been on set. We don't even see all that work. We just know where we show up. We know where craft services is. She organized all that. Right. Before she even did that, I while she was doing that, I found the location. I was the scout locator. I was the casting director. I was the uh, choreographer with Mimi Scardula. Oh, yeah. She choreographed it with me. I, I mean, she really is the credit for the, because we'll collaborate, but really she's the choreographer. Uh-huh. So we got into a studio. We did the, I got my girls. I got you guys. Um, I got someone to do the costumes, someone to do the t-shirts. Every detail. Oh, the taco detail. truck. I looked for a taco truck for three weeks right. to nail down one. So I was and you also... got the best taco <laughs> truck you possi- possibly could ever get. Yeah. They were so great. And they were amazing, and the food was great. Yeah. And, you know, then we were like, wow, we should get a bouncy house. I'm like, okay, let me call. And then I bought Wait a minute. So, so what, wow, we should get a bouncy house. Yeah, like Randy <laughs> was like, it would be so cool if we got a bouncy house. I think he said it would be so cool. I said, let me call. Because that's, that's the thing, too, is like, you know, people who are listening. There's always going to be... There's going to be that voice in your brain or someone else outside of you going, right. it's not possible. Right. It's too much. Or, oh, I'm still delusional. Right. When you have a job and I decided not to crowdfund this. Right. 
I just picked up the phone and I'm not like rolling in it, but I yeah. allotted a budget right. and with Greg Brunswick who helped me produce it. And so let's get this bouncy house. All right, what can I do? And you just make it happen. I'm also, that's part of my personality. I'm very resourceful and I, when I grab onto something, I go, okay, I have this idea. I'm going to make it happen. Like we had that organization, Valley Arts, yeah. to give us all that space. They give us all that space it's amazing. for free. Yeah. And I have many favorite. I mean, I'm going to help them promote their business and anything else. Right. So, so you know, we scratch each other's back. Yeah. So then, um, so we had meetings like, how are we going to do this? You know, we, I was, we were constantly refining the track, right. constantly going into the studio till I would do two shows and then go into the studio till two in the morning. Oh my God. Because that's the only time that Ron could work right in his studio at right. Atlantic so right. it'd be like it would be Lauren Hill was in there and then the only time yeah. that I could be in there was like two in the morning so get Riftina in there yeah we had PR people <laughs> exactly we had we had so many people we got extras and a casting director helped us out getting those because I had never I put people up in my house my husband yeah catered for people we, yeah. we went to Costco we brought food everyone had was taking care of every step of the way we just, it took over a month of just planning for those two days that we yeah. shot. Oh, absolutely. And I could not have done it without all those people. And now, you know, it's, so it's, so we're done and then the editing process got a little freaky and there were, you know, there were a lot of emotions and it's like, it's not funny, it's not this, it's not that. And you learn, you go, okay, these are my strong points. These are the things I need to work on. Yeah. My personality goes like this when it's, you know, I learned a lot about myself when okay. creating. Um, so there's still some little messes that I have to clean up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. little personality things that I got into with people that are going to be fine. But when you're in a high-pressured situation. Absolutely. Look, you you're sleep-deprived. You are putting something out there that comes directly from you. Mm -hmm. you're, so you're at your most vulnerable Right. And and uh, it's it's not easy to stay grounded and uh, no. <laughs> and calm. It's not. It's not. It's not easy at any time. But especially when it's something that's coming from you, you start to go crazy. It's, I, yeah. it's anytime I'm doing something like doing a show or writing something or putting something out there, Gerald, my husband, will literally be like. Bye, see ya. I'm not, you know, why don't you come back and talk to me when this bullshit is over? Because I'm not going to deal with this. He's like, I miss my wife. Yeah. Where did she yeah. go? Yeah. And, and this is what I, this is what I want to know about. <laughs> Where does it come from that we have to put ourselves through this in these, in these situations? Because, I, you know, what's funny is that you know, you say, well, I'm in this Broadway show, so I better do something. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think, <laughs> like, what is it in us? And I don't think that every actor is like this, but... No. No. But I would say there is something... I have my own theory of what it is it, that's, in, that's in you, that's in me, that says, okay, you're being given this opportunity to be in a Broadway show, so you better make the most out of it or figure out a way to make the moment uh, translate into the next moment or yeah. to since you're being given a platform 
you know and like I said you asked me when I why I started this podcast well mm -hmm. I had this idea a year and a half ago mm -hmm. I was sitting in Los Angeles thinking boy I would love to talk to other actors who are in the same moment as me right. not employed not you know knowing exactly what tomorrow is going to bring but you know this is part of what being an actor is and I think that it's important to have that conversation did I start it then no I was way too scared I was no. too afraid but now that I'm doing a show what is hey, that? right what is that I can I can do it now because I'm being empowered. what do you what do you think switched over and it's a question I'm asking you and myself well I think that it's a self-worth issue mm -hmm. issue yes. <laughs> um, that that so much of our self-worth is put into being given a job or being given validation as an actor and that when we have that we feel worthy enough to say look what else I got in my bag of tricks or or something we need I always I always try to stop myself from feeling like I need permission to do mm -hmm. something that's some that's a, something that's very midwest about myself mm -hmm. or you know I don't know it's it's very much from my background that I need to be given permission from a boss or somebody in authority to say that I can do something or that I um, am worthy enough to do something right. and I think that sometimes being employed gives me that permission I think there's something really profound about that I mean I think it gives you this, my dad always calls it a cushion, right? You feel like you're you're sitting on something and you're more comfortable than right. when you're not comfortable and you're sitting in a, just a chair that's like a wooden chair and that's unemployment. When you're right. like not comfortable, I mean, that's the worst example. I just realized I'm drinking this and it has like three shots of espresso. Yes. <laughs> so I just made some, we like I these. just made some sort of like description that made no sense, but he calls it a cushion and it feels like that because you have a job, you have a place to go every day, you especially, and I'm in a great show too, but like yeah. Hamilton's like the shit show, yeah. everybody's, you know, and, and you're playing a great part, I'm playing a great part, we don't have a lot of time on stage. Right. So it's not like if I were playing, you know, if I were Cynthia and Revo, who still does marathons and all that also. Right. I don't know if I'd necessarily be doing what I just did, right? But um, money also feeling better about fina financially because I wanted to do it the way I wanted to do it, right. and I didn't want to have to ask anybody for money. Yeah. With this particular project, it was really important, and a lot of people did a lot of favors. But I did spend money on a lot of things that I had to spend money on. Yeah. And I wanted not to ask anybody for it this time. I did have certain people like give me things, which was nice as little gifts here and there, were very unexpected. Um, but yeah, I think I I also I knew that if the moment disappeared, mm -hmm. especially with the election, I knew if it disappeared, I would never forgive myself for another eight years. Right. And I and I. I just think it, I felt like it's I have to do this. So you and I talked about remember when we were talking about doing stand up yeah. back in the day? Yeah. And when I did that I also I said if I don't push past this fear, I'm like I'm thirty nine right now. Uh -huh. Next year I'll be forty. There were really yes, I'm in a Broadway show and yes, I it definitely makes me feel better. But also something that I've been working on 
is pushing past this fear because it's just me getting right. in my own way. Right. And the people that I'm inspired by, like look at Randy Rainbow. I mean, Randy. Oh yeah. Randy's been doing what he's doing a long time. So like when my video came out and I was like, oh well, it only has like listen to this. Oh, it only has like almost seventy thousand views. Uh. It's like it's not like Randy. Randy has like thirty million and like right. I don't know, what did he do? And I'm like, wait, honey, he's been doing this for years. Years, yeah. Doing these videos. Years. And now yes, he's getting people magazine. Like you can't it's that compare thing. Then you do compare it. And, and you're despair. like, Well my podcast is not Mark Marin, whatever yeah. his name is not like Yeah. You know. So but I think to get back to your question as far as like what is it? I also think, I'm not going to say like, I am special, but there's a want. We don't have to. There's many people that have been many shows that have similar tracks. They're very content doing their show, showing up, being fierce in whatever they're doing, and not much else. Right. And that's... That's a choice. Oh my, it's wonderful. Isn't that great? Actually, it's not just a choice. It's like, it sounds like a dream. It does. I can't. <laughs> I want, but, but it's like, but it, I think it's like, look at, you know, look at Josh Gad. Look at, yeah. he's always, he was always creating stuff and, mm-hmm. and doing things. And, right. you know, a lot of my friends that I'm inspired by, we want to make things. Like my yeah. friend Harris Duran is a filmmaker. My friend Aaron Mark's a filmmaker. And Randy Blair and Andrew and yeah. you and... Um, I, sometimes I think, you know, there's a part of me too, with my upbringing that it's like, oh, well, you know, it's never enough, you know, they're never enough, like, or, or, you know, just, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's like, don't get too cocky. Like, you know, stay humble, stay humble. And I agree with that. But if there's a need to create, cause you want to put something out in the world, like this podcast is helping people. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was listening to this, one of your other episodes on the train, I was like, wow, if I, I, this morning was like a weird morning for me anyway, just because I'm dealing with stuff from this week, which I'll tell you. But I was like, wow, if I was unemployed right now, and Mm -hmm. I was sitting home, and I was like, I'm really sad, and I, and I just knew you were doing this podcast, I was listening to, you know, Jason talk, or anybody else, I'd be, and you, and your experiences, and what happened with nerds, and I've been there, like, all the things, I'd be like, oh, I'm not alone. Right. Right. So by you pushing through and having this drive, right, is really it's helping people. Mm-hmm. With me and doing my video, I also I feel like it was a good message, but also we got a great group of people together, and now all these people know each other. And yeah, we did this. We promoted all these different good things, non for profit things, and I feel like it, it connected. Right. people in a weird sort of situation I so the um, I do have an insatiable thing in within me I do have like a drive and, and sometimes it's dangerous it is dangerous right. well that I mean that's I, I mean yeah it can be dangerous mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of what I'm getting at is that it can there's be. there's a real it's it's wonderful in so many ways yeah. and that's it's kind of what I, I always kind of call wanting being an actor it's kind of close to an addiction Ugh, because there is girl. such a high such a wonderful wonderful uh feeling that courses through your veins when you get the hit of being on a stage of getting a job of creating something and then the lows 
that you go through when it's not there um, mm -hmm. can be pretty rough. So I feel like I'm constantly trying to figure out how to be a, a healthy, sane individual who can still create things and keep moving forward as an artist and challenging myself. And have a life. Like you, have a life. You've talked about having a family. I'm on that in that question right now in my life which is something that I'm actually writing about because I'm going through it. Right. Do I want to have children? Right. How, and we have so many friends that have kids. Lynn has kids. I yeah. mean, he's like one of the busiest people I know in this world. Yeah. I mean, he has a kid. You know, I just threw him out because you're, you know, I think of him and I'm like, how does, what, how? I know. But hey, like, he was in the dressing room next to me. Everyone's like, what are you doing on your long breaks all this time you have? And he's literally never in his dressing room next door to me. And he was writing songs for Disney, writing scenes for, you know, whatever TV show he was going to be on that week, writing commencement speeches. I was like, oh, like, I wrote a really good tweet this week about Donald Trump or something, you know? Like, yeah, it's hard. Like, it, you, can't, you can't compare anything to him. But that's the drive. But that's the drive. That's the drive. That's the drive, and that's probably why he was so connected to Hamilton because yeah. Hamilton had the same I, drive. Yeah, yeah. So, like, but back to what you were saying about balance, right? Yeah. Uh, it is hard for me to come down. I there's a there's an there's another podcaster that my dresser told me about expectation hangover. Mm. It was an episode by this woman. I just started listening to it, but you. You're, you go, 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 you do something, and you have expectations for it, whether it be a show or whatever, and then there's, like, the come down. Right. Like, that aftermath, that's something, like, if a show gets canceled or something mm -hmm. like that, like, pulling yourself out of that is, like, a whole, that could be, like, a whole separate thing. But balancing, like, I finished this video, balancing my life, like, there's a lot of things that are kind of, I need to tend to right now, and I haven't. Because I've just been go, go, go. Like, I turned around and it's almost November. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I'm like, wait, it's almost Halloween? Like, yeah. it, you know, you lose sense of time and your mm -hmm. relationships mm -hmm. and friendships and how to balance that and, like, put it aside for a while and just be normal for a little bit. Right. I don't really know what that is. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what normal is. Yeah. And I bring in the, the child question because I go, what would that be like? Right. That, that, that kind of that kind of forces you to be, quote unquote, normal, or yeah. at least you know to kind of get out of your head because it you know takes up so much uh, room and you know it's it's kind of what it's I've always wanted to have kids. Mm -hmm. It's been one of my main goals, but at this point in my life, I'm really looking forward to not having it be about me and not. Mm having the extra room in my head right and um i don't know i i'm, I'm just i'm looking forward to having some freedom being taken away from me if yes. that makes any sense no it makes all, it makes all the sense in the world i'm like more concerned that i'm i listen to that and i go oh i i'm concerned that i don't feel that yeah but <laughs> do you but know it's, what but I it's mean? different it's different it's not fair to i had the same conversation um with with an uh, with another actress who I, I i won't mention but a very very uh successful actress with with kids and 
I was like, you know, I just, I really want to do it. And she was like, well, you're a guy. Mm-hmm. You've got time. Like, you can, yeah. there's a difference there. And it's just another one of the horrible mm-hmm. things that women have to go through in life that's just not fair. It's mm-hmm. it's true. Like, women have to think about that. And, um, you know, I do, you know, guys, especially the gay dudes, mm-hmm. we don't have to be on the same timetable. You know, there's certain no. things to do, but there's, it's, there's, there's, I, and so many actresses in, in, in your position, mm-hmm. in, you know, all different parts of their career and different, you know, people who are nowhere near as uh, accomplished on and have the credits that you've gotten to have mm-hmm. are having that same thing of like, is this the time? And, you know, I, I, I feel for that because your body is going through something. It's not just somebody putting a baby in your arm. Well, and I'm naive about it. I mean, listen, I just turned 39. So, you know, I feel like I'm that, it's like like Tom Hanks in um, Big when he doesn't know, like Uh he doesn't know any better. He's like going around in the world and he's like, hey, and he, everyone's like, oh, oh, okay. Okay. But he's acting like a child, right? So sometimes I feel like, I should be, I don't feel what a woman at 39 who is midlife, technically, they're calling it, mid, right? Midlife? Yeah, they It's so weird. I know. I they said don't. they called Chelsea Clinton middle-aged, and I almost threw the TV across yeah. the room. Middle-aged, like, and she has two, right? Two she kids? Had, yes, this is her second kid. I don't feel, I, I feel like. It's like, a, like I'm like Tom Hanks and Big. I'm like, oh, what? Like, you know, like that. I don't feel that. I, if anything, I feel my limits as far as physically sometimes now. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't do that like I used to do that. But, you You're know, I went. You're just playing chopsticks on <laughs> the big piano at FAO Schwartz. Just, I feel young and I feel like uh, I don't think about the clock. I went yeah. to the doctor. I got my, my eggs are good. Like everything's good. For some reason, though, I think me, and this is like a deeper conversation for another podcast, whatever, but, and something that I'm writing about is this idea that, like, you know, it's a choice. It is a choice. Just because I have the uh, equipment to make Mm -hmm. a baby doesn't mean that I have to. Because, you know, they call it the nesting and all this and all that, which is like, for me, yes, it might be real. Maybe humbo jumbo. Like, I, I don't know, but I feel like, if you really want it, you know. And if you don't, you also know. And I also know a lot of women that were like, eh, and they did it for the wrong reasons, and they're mm. really resentful and right. really angry. And right. I don't want to be angry yeah. <laughs> after having a baby. I, for some reason, for me, I almost feel like if someone said to me, this baby needs to be adopted tomorrow, there's a part of me that would be like, Vadim, let's do it. Right. And it's so strange. Like when I say that out loud, I go, what is that about? Right. But when it comes to carrying a child for nine months, right. eek, I don't, I, and because, and that's probably my own selfish stuff and I have to deal with that. Um, but I do believe women can have it all. I believe we can do it. My parents both, I went, my, my mom had me and then at three, four months, I think, she went right back to work. Right. And I turned out okay. And I was yeah. raised by, you know, uh, half the time by, you know, my Aunt Margie, who's, you know, but I look back at that and I was like, I'm fine. And then my mother decided with my sister 
to not do that, and she gave up her career. Hmm. And um, I and your sister is she's young. five years younger five. than me. Because my mom was like, "Oh, you turned five and I was like, "Oh my God, Leslie's so grown up already, and I miss so much of it." Hmm. So she did that with my sister. She gave, she had my sister, and then she did like didn't go back to work, and that was hard because my it was hard for her. So it's it's an interesting, and that was a different time. It was the '80s, so it's mm. different now. Yeah, women are having kids later. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom had me when she was 29. So when you think about it, that was, I mean, can you imagine? I'm 39 now. 20 years ago, I could have had a kid the same age as my mom. Like that, if I had had a kid at 29, Marie. I would have- <laughs> She probably would have been in jail or something, like you know. But whatever, I'm going all over the place. The bottom line is, is that I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's something beautiful and amazing, and I'm so inspired by all of these gay couples who are having kids, either adopting or having their own men and women, and people who are in the arts. I just think that. It's a choice, and people also, what we're not talking about is that, like, a lot of women are shamed, like, quietly shamed, because right. they're not doing it. Yeah. And that is what actually int- interests me. Right. Because I've had difficult conversations, especially, I live in the suburbs with women that are like, so you guys can have a baby? Right. And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, you know, you don't really fully live life if you have a child. <laughs> And I look at them like they're like crazy. Yeah. But it's not, and it's not just a career thing. It's just, it's just what it is, you know? So yeah. it's, it's a lot of things. That's, so it's, it's interesting. I think there's a way to do it. Like, I, I mean, Audra just had her baby girl. Yeah. And I was like, and look, people, when people found out that she was having a baby, they're like, she's 46? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, and she had a healthy, gorgeous baby girl. Yeah. Like, there's no rules. No. No, there's not. And I think that, especially because we are artists who have taken, you know, a a really crazy path Mm -hmm. in life, you know, we're not afraid to do things differently, to to, uh, break those rules, Mm -hmm. those... um, Stereotypes, and I think that you know, but it just it upsets me that women have to go through yet another <laughs> thing. It, you know, and it's not something that in my twenties I realized women were going through. In my thirties, right. talking to my to my female friends, yeah. I, my heart breaks that they have to they have this uh, clock or pressure or or something that is is you know being put on top of them that you know I mean. You already have it all, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You already do. Right. You know, you're going to be going through the next decade of your life making new decisions and bringing new things into your life. And if right. a baby is one of them, great. And if it's not, you are not going to be living a boring life, Leslie Kritzer. No. <laughs> There's just, I don't think you're capable of that. No. So, you know, I mean, the, the thing is, is I also, <clears throat> I also think that as performers, like we have a crazy life and it's it's uh you know a lot of ups and downs but we have a lot of stimulation in terms of excitement mm-hmm. that you know i think that some there are some i always say like <clears throat> a lot of people who are performers <clears throat> excuse me don't care about 
their birthdays or their weddings or their big events as much as people who are normal, people who are out. Because we have so much attention, too much attention, on a regular basis. So I think that, you know, I I remember people were pressuring me to have a kid years ago because they were like, you need to have it when you're in your 20s, when you're young and, you know, you can keep up with them. And I was like, I think I'm going to have energy for a long time. You know, if I can get to where I've been and have the stamina to do what I I do, I'm not afraid about chasing a toddler in my ancient late 30s. Like, what are you talking about? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, it's... It's, um, I think it's, it's like, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? I'm easily, uh, easily <clears throat> impressionable. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I'll, I'll, I know myself really well. When someone says something like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. So like everything right. I say too, there's the other side of it, which is like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm totally delusional. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be like, why didn't I have a baby? I'm a mess. You know what I mean? So there's both sides, right? There's, right. there's both sides to this conversation. I think. I think you'd be a great dad. Oh, I really do. I think you'd be a great father, and I think the want is there, just like the want to create. The want is there to be a father, and it's going to happen because you you want it. So it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah. No, it is. I think it is. It is. I don't know how. You know, we're figuring that out, and that's a whole other journey that I know Mm -hmm. is going to have disappointment and excitement, and you know, and Gerald and I are ready for it. I mean, like. You know, he he was less concerned about getting married more than he was about having us having a kid. Yeah, and we're you know we're ready for that. Um, but it's it, it's funny because it's I keep saying to couples who have kids, you know, I want to know all the information. Right. I want all the good and the bad. Yeah. I don't want any sugarcoating. And you know, there's a, and couples are ready to to tell you, and right. I appreciate it. Um, but I always say I feel sometimes like I'm staring at Niagara Falls and I'm like, it's so beautiful. I want to jump in, you know, and that, you know, I'm going to get this really rude awakening of what it's going to be like. But I think that's just what it is. I am so excited for it. I want it more than anything, but I'm completely aware that I don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I don't know what I'm in for. Right. I get it. And I'm completely aware that I don't know what I'm talking about as someone that's never had a child because the women that have had children, they have experienced this thing. Right. And a lot of them said, I didn't want it at first and now I have it. Like the closest thing I have to that is my dog. I mean, I have a parrot and my dog, but my dog, (laughs) (laughs) my dog is like my baby. I think about her. I show pictures of her. I, I've not, like, I love her so what much. What do you, do you not, do you ignore the parrot? No, he bites lately. <laughs> He's just okay. been that nice. Okay. I played with him this morning. It's just a different thing. Like, we it's have a, a very connection. special relationship. Okay. A parrot is so smart, and he's amazing. We adopted him. He's not, the, like, the adopted, like, push-in-the-corner person. But my dog is, like, an, ex, like, an extension of me. It's weird. She yeah. is, I love her so much. When I think about that love, when I think about like coming home to her and her coming down the stairs, I can own, and that's like an, like this much of what it must be like having a child, even yeah. if it's adopted or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
um, and I, I just, I'm, it's a, it's this whole conversation is so interesting because it's literally a self-examination all the time. It's like, okay, what's going on there, Leslie? Like, what makes you feel that way? Is it because, you know, this or that? And the bottom line is too, Rory, I'm actually fine with not acting either. Right. Like, there's a whole part of me that could do something else. Sure. And like experience another chapter in my life. Right. I'm not like, I have to be on stage or nothing. Like, I'm not that kind of. I'm really, it seems like I am because I'm ambitious, but I'm just curious about things. And right. I like to create things, whatever they are, either for myself or for other people. So I'm constantly, that's why I say Tom Hanks in like, oh, well, like in big, because it's kind of like, you know, he has this childlike thing. Yeah. And I feel that in many ways. But the reality is this is a real issue and it's a real question. And, mm. you know, my husband is, my husband's different than Gerald. He wants what I want, mm -hmm. which is also problematic because I'm like, okay, but he's like, but it's your body. And I said, I understand that, but this is a decision we really have to make together. Right. Um, because it's forever. It's not, you know, let's try it, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I, it's, it's just interesting. I'm glad that we're talking about this because I think actors, creative people need to hear people talking about that, especially... Yeah. I don't think that people really get to talk about life stuff, you know, whenever that's, that's also why I wanted to have these conversations mm -hmm. because I didn't want to talk about how you book the job. I want to talk about what I still I, don't know. Yeah. Cause I don't know how to do that. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, like, just keep praying and sometimes miracles happen. That's all I can say. I, I don't, still don't know how to book the exactly, job. Exactly. It's like a miracle. Either. It's yeah. all been a miracle. Yeah. But I feel like not just people who are our age, our maturity in yes. this, in this business, but, but when I was, when I was 22, when I was 23 and when I wanted a family and I started in this field and realized that I could barely feed myself in, with the restaurant job and trying to get to auditions and I kept thinking I can't do this for me mm -hmm. how in God's name will I ever be able to have a, a partner how will I ever be able to have a kid mm -hmm. in this profession um, and so I think that for me, having these conversations are about trying to, you know, show people examples of where you are, where you could be in 10 years, you know, mm -hmm. because I, I didn't feel like I was getting that information from people. I wanted to know from, you know, actors who I respected and admired who were doing what I wanted to do. How did you get there? Not by... You know, I'm not talking about, you know, which audition song you had. How did you feed yourself from 22 to 25 and keep hope alive? <laughs> How and and wow. you, you have a kid? How do you have a kid? I, every time I would meet an actor who had a child or was owning a home or, you know, how did you do this? Because it seems absolutely impossible. Which, right. I mean, and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's not impossible. And that's the point. And that's the point. It's not. And we'll, we said that in the beginning of this whole thing. Nothing really is impossible. No. 
the fact that my, my husband says this all the time and there's an actual and I wish I could find it a percentage thing uh, that shows you the percentages of people that come here to be an actor the people that do this oh. this this you and I right now like if we could show a the percentage or whatever that thing is that would make blow people's minds. I'll right have now. the charts online. Right, I'll charts show online. the charts. That the probability and the odds of the 40 Broadway theaters, there's 40 right. Broadway theaters yeah. in New York. Right. And how many shows have you and I both done? Um, and, and you've been nominated for a Tony. Mm -hmm. Like those things, and you're in Hamilton, biggest, biggest show ever. Like those odds, when we stepped foot into this city to do this, were zero. Zero. But yet we believed. Right. We believed. And it wasn't, we didn't know. We had no idea. And many people that stepped into this city the same time we did have not done what you and I done. And there's people who have surpassed, you know, like the expectations and odds. But we just believed. Yeah. And we kept doing it. And yeah. what the outcome wasn't, you know, they say the outcome's none of your business. You just need to right. keep doing it. Right. So you, you know, having like it was my dream to have a home and it came true I believed it would happen at some point and it did through a series of steps meeting mm -hmm. my husband you meeting your husband and you said well how can you have a partner you met him. right yeah how can you have a baby it happened I, I have a who shall not be named a, a Broadway actress right now very successful who was having a very hard time having a kid mm -hmm. went through all thousands and thousands of dollars with the tried natural and then tried the thing yeah. like, I, again I'm like Tom hey I have no idea what this stuff is called UV IV whatever the hell it's called and in vitro whatever it didn't right. work didn't work didn't work her and her husband said okay well, I guess we're just gonna accept we can't they, they're a little older like around our age my age and um, they went on vacation and she got pregnant Wow. naturally Wow. and they have a beautiful baby um, she took some time off. She's back in the swing of things now. But like, it's supposed to happen the way it's supposed to happen, not right. necessarily how we see it and how we want it. Um, and that's beautiful. And and on the other, just on the other side of that, which is a, it's sad, but it's it's a beautiful reminder. My friend from high school, Michelle, passed away a couple of years ago. She was an incredible film editor. Worked with Martin Scorsese and had a really upcoming brilliant career had her first kid kind of put her career on hold and her husband who's also in the film industry I'll make this short said hey you know don't you think about getting back to work like you're so good just, you know I, I really want to have another baby it maybe maybe I'll go back she had another baby she had a little girl and um, a couple of months later she died oh. from complications uh, infection from pregnancy mm. and at the way at the um, not the wake, uh, the, the ceremony, the Jewish funeral. He spoke and he told the story of how the months leading up to before she died, because she got sick out of nowhere and then went within a week. Like it was like quick. And no one knew why. Like she had the flu. It was like, oh, and she went to the hospital and then she just couldn't breathe. And then she died. Like no one could reach her. Her husband was there. No family. Everyone was out of town. It was devastating. So at the wake, he told the story about how she was nagging him and nagging him about cutting the cucumbers right for their son. Mm. And he's like, oh, I know, I know that how to cut the cucumbers. She goes, you don't understand. This is how he likes them cut. He likes them cut like this. This is how he likes them. He doesn't like them, that he eats them this way. And he said, in retrospect, she was teaching me mm. how to take care of our son. Right. She didn't know she was going to be gone. 
she was teaching me all of these things and she didn't go back to that she he's like i feel guilty pushing her to go back to pursue her craft because her greatest gift was her children mm-hmm. and her her daughter was born right beautiful little girl and so again and that's a sad and very sobering kind of story but she changed her path and she had this incredible career ahead yeah. of her because her gift and her passion was her kids right and no one could have seen that coming either but it was it's just a reminder too that life is going to play out so you might as well whatever your gut and your <clears throat> intuition is telling you to go for and do is right right for you right and the rest is up to the universe or whatever yeah i don't know i know that was really sad but no i mean those are the kind of things that give you like yeah that kind of wake you up yeah <clears throat> make you realize that you have to appreciate yeah. every single day and and the journey that you're taking and not be sad about the journey that you're not and the expectations I mean like Mike Birbiglia who we love mm-hmm. wrote that article in New York Times um, about you know being a creative person right. or whatever and one of the things that I loved he said was that you know you also have to know when to give up and right. I love that he said that because yeah. you know what it's not there's no contest here it's like we're all not going to be here forever. I mean, at least I believe that. Maybe there's another life. Fine. But it's, there's an end point. Right. Like, we're going to die at some right. point. So if it's not working, do Move something on. else. And that's cool. Maybe you have something else, like, equally, if not better, to offer. And that's great. And, and stop beating yourself up if it's not happening. Right. And it's time to go. Well, also, I think that that is... It, it, people do get, get stuck in... In something and a sadness of something not working out because right. it's not working out in the exact way that they want it to work out they if you have the kind of stamina and enthusiasm mm-hmm. for something you can figure out your own path to make it something that you enjoy I had a conversation recently with um, a friend from home who I did plays with and and she's amazing and she came to see Hamilton and she was so excited and she's a nurse and um, and she was so enthusiastic about seeing the show we went we went to dinner afterwards and I was saying to her well you know this is a job it's just a job what you do is way more amazing and uh, beautiful you're saving lives and you know and I said the kind of happiness that you get on Christmas on Christmas morning with your kids or from saving a life, life. <laughs> is I guarantee you the exact same if not more of the joy that I can get from being on stage it looks sexier being on stage it feels like there's a lot more joy around it but happy is happy there's no ceiling that I've busted through and now I'm in some other different area I I was trying to explain this to her I'm in a different area I just had a visual of that yeah like I'm you know like in some kind of like you know happier (laughs) flowers and bubbles but I was trying to explain that to her and she was like oh you sound kind of down you know and I realized that she didn't really want to hear that from me she wanted to maybe hear that this is great that there is something beyond that happy 
And I think that we all want to believe that there is something out there that is a happy that we haven't experienced and that if we could just get there, um, if that thing could come into our lives or something else could come into our everyday, then we would experience that level of happy. And that's just It's not true. true. It's not. But it's a daily reminder. Like, I have to remind myself there is no, like, and please, we both have had many things, like, whether it be, okay, now I get this award. Right. Crickets. Now (laughs) I get this show. Crickets. Crickets. Now I'm on a TV show on HBO and working with Martin Scorsese. Definitely something's going to happen. Yeah. Crickets. Right. Like, it's an endless... Now? Is it now? Yeah. Is this mic on? You know right. what I mean? Is it is it time? Right. And that is that is that's why I say like when I when I get into that place I go, Oh, like the other night, I was like, Oh my god, I gotta make a video about this bad ombre. I, I gotta do something. A Saturday Night Live's gonna do something. I gotta do something. I gotta do and I'm like, Leslie, you're exhausted. Right. You're tired. How about that? How about you just did this thing? Let that be enough. Right. And sit back and enjoy watching other people do some stuff. Right. Sit back and laugh now. It's like laugh and sit back. There's no race. Right. There's no race. Be curious now. Walk around and listen. Right. Experience. And chill. Like it's been go, go, go for a month and a half. You had a call out of a show because you were friggin' t- so tired. Like just tired. And that is really your job. Right. So it's time to slow down. So I had to say it like literally, I had to say, Okay. Stop. Right. Read a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do nothing for a little bit. It's okay just to like, because you need to fill up again. Like you right. do sometimes. And, and just, and when I say be normal, I mean like, go like in between shows, like, well, what can I do? Should I go like work out? Should I, like, no, just maybe go take a walk by the water and just look at people. Like, yeah. Or call someone and have, like, coffee. Don't... It's not about the next thing. Right. It's... Because uh, then I forget how to listen, and mm-hmm. I forget how to be in the world. Because what I'm inspired by is other people and what's happening around me. So, right. like, just let it just be human, be. And I think also this city is hard because everyone is here to do something. Yeah. Not everybody, but a lot yeah, of people. Well, it, just doing your laundry in this city is a real accomplishment. Because, you know, it's <laughs> like, if you can do your, if you can get your clo- your dirty clothes down to the street level, wash them, and then bring them back up, like, my God, you have really accomplished an amazing thing that day. <laughs> I, that's what I think about New York. But, yeah, I mean, everybody here is on a mission. And you start to feel that starts to seep into your being that you are on a mission. That you're not just getting through a day or experiencing another day. You are on a mission. Why did you even come here? Why did you <laughs> why did you show your face in Manhattan if you haven't done something with this day? And that is that can be exhausting. That can be a lot. And I think that, you know, what we started this conversation with about finding the balance. Yeah. Of, yeah, I love that I have a drive in me and an ambition yeah. that has 
given me so much joy and passion and friends and and experience life in such a wonderful tremendous way but it can't consume me no it can't take over the simple joys of breathing going to the water for a walk yeah and um i'm i'm actually now the old person in hamilton you know like i'm they're all so young and we were sitting backstage and everyone was talking about what they did that day and they were like well i was working on this uh dance video or i was doing this or that you know somebody was like teaching a class to high school students and i was like oh i went to the park (laughs) and i i saw the turtles there's lots of turtles in central park did you guys know this and they died laughing like they can't believe that I, that's what I do. I go now to the park in the mornings for my runs and I stop at Bethesda Fountain and I look at the turtles just swimming around there in the, in the lake. But you know what? That's going to keep you, that's going to keep you healthy. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's good. It's good to slow down. It's yes. so good to slow down because as you know, when you're in a, juggernaut of a show book of mormon or mm. even this one book of mormon you original cast right. you went through the entire process right anything it does consume you you are whatever it is that pilot season coming up or this right. and the audition and the right. flying and the testing and the blah, 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 yeah. blah. and it's like how to find what's my a separate you started this in the beginning of this what is who am i mm. not my career who am i right what makes me this like what what's in here not just all of the other stuff that is beautiful and that's part of me and that i've been you know we have talents and gifts but like what am i separate from all that the moments at bethesda fountain the going home and seeing your family spending time with your husband um even like simple things you know doing the simple things like monday i want to go i don't want to miss this this year i want to go to like a pumpkin patch on Monday or like apple. I don't want to miss it. And I'm going right. to miss it if I don't allot time for it. Right. Because, well, I have to do this and I'm not, I have to do that. And I have to, no, you need to go. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Right. And if I let myself, Monday would be, well, I got to call this person and I have to do this instead of just going to a friggin' pumpkin patch. And being a person. <laughs> and being, wearing my plaid shirt and yeah. my boots. Right. And holding my cup of coffee and walking through a pumpkin patch, which makes me so happy. Yeah. Because what happens is we go, it's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Instead of it's filling up my tank so I can be a better me. Yeah. And be happy. Right. Not even a better me. Happy. Yeah. Like, just, you know. Just living life. Right. Which is what we're supposed to be... (laughs) As artists, living life and then showing people stories from life. And sometimes I think we get so caught up in getting to do what we love that we forget, oh yeah, we we have to be experts in life. We're supposed to be really knowledgeable of those moments, those feelings. And if we don't take the time to actually just be people, just relax and experience we're not going to have anything to bring to a stage. Right. And I think there's times where you will create things and it's dangerous. Right. 
there are there are when you leap off that ledge and you're creating something there is a price to be paid and you and there are times where it's easier to balance that and there are times where it's not people playing different parts understand that hmm. and they immerse themselves into something and everybody's different you know you create something it's your baby and you are vulnerable to whatever the elements are of that and that encompasses a lot of different things but you can't do it all the time. Like I did this video, I gotta take a break and the next thing is coming. And, but in order for it to be the thing that I want it to be in quality, I don't want to rush it. And I, right. but I don't want to sabotage it by saying I'm not ready and then not doing it because yeah. I'm scared. Right. And that I'm just swinging back to that and all this balance thing to kind of like make sure you're taking care of yourself, make sure you're balancing yourself and yet don't put stuff that you want to make happen on the back burner because you're scared. Right. When when the time is right, you will do it, but sometimes it's never a right time. Right. So push through it, push through the uncomfortability of whatever that is, and try to balance it the best you can. Right. Do the best you can, I do guess. Do the best the, you can, is, and is, then just keep and keep going. Yeah. Move on. Oh, I can't even. Listen to <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's absolutely true that you have to put put it out there. And honestly, if you don't, just like what you said about uh, doing the taco truck video, mm-hmm. you had to do it had just, to. or you wouldn't forgive yourself. And right. I think sometimes, like when I did my my one man show at Joe's Pub right. Pub Crawl, I thought about doing that for almost ten years. Ten years. Mm-hmm. When I finally so did, proud it, of you did it, I absolutely did it because I was like, I can't think about this for one more second or I'll go crazy. So I don't care if it's the worst thing that's ever been put on a stage. I can't think about it anymore. And I did it. It was the most fulfilling thing I've ever done as an, as an artist. And it's not, be- it's not because ever the world stopped and said, <laughs> we need to all pay tribute to what just happened on this stage. Right. It's because it got out of my head and that it changed me and my cellular structure of, of who I am as a person and an artist. And that's enough. It's enough for you to be able to, to put something out there into the universe yeah. and not worry about what the response is, but just get it out of your head. Because if it's just sitting in there jingling around it's not doing you or anybody any good no and you and you have and i say this loosely it sounds really cheesy but you have a little bit of responsibility to listen to it i do believe in the synchronicity of things i believe in a spiritual connection of things and anytime i put something out there there's some weird connection that i might not see at the time but it was meant to happen i was meant to put it out there for a reason right you doing pub crawl and i wish i'd been able to see it Really, the whole story about what pub crawl and the, the entire thing, because I remember you telling me in the right. initial, like, this, the whole story, because mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, just in case you do yeah. again, that helps somebody in some sort of way, maybe not just yourself, but some sort of other thing. And we also haven't been, been given this gift of communication, I think, especially you. You, you communicate so beautifully. I When I watch you, I... I trust you and I something seeps in on another level I think for people that is really amazing when you're watching this kind of work do you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's fun it's funny but there's also layers to it 
Um, I was going to get into something else there. I don't remember what. But I think um, I'm so glad that you did it. And we had talked about it. We went to see Michael Biglia's show, and you were talking about it. And I think, you know, sometimes we're like, well, I just like, you know, and I've just went through this recently, and I'll just touch on it lightly. It's like, well... (laughs) I just, you know, if, if it's not going to make me money, like, I don't want to do that if, like, you know, and even New York Times review it. Like, if, if blah, blah, blah doesn't come and review it, then, like, you know, I don't know. And, like, my manager's, like, blah, 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 blah. It's, you can get really wrapped up in that, and yeah. I've been guilty of it. What I learned from this past experience is that the work's not over. And by I say the work, I just mean the creative, the process of it. Like, right. I'm sure maybe you'll do it again if you mm-hmm. want to do it again. If you want to do it again. Right. Um, I want to keep creating things. I've learned a lot. A big lesson that I learned is that I can't rely on other people to have the same vision as me right. for things. Right. Um, I had to leave a relationship this week. That was that was hard, but in my gut, I knew it was the right thing to do um, because I have to put more of the responsibility on myself with creating some of this stuff. I can't expect someone else to take what I've given them as a thing and run with it yet. I'm not, I need to kind of still find my own voice with my work and then I can put more pressure on someone in management to, to be more on board with me. Um, I, I left a relationship in this, you know, this is probably a long, we probably talked enough, but like I had to leave a manager. Mm. And it was my choice to leave. And it's not the first time it's happened, but it's, I really realized something. It's like, I, I know myself and I have a great agent. I love her. But I took on this manager to kind of maybe help me move with in another direction with in a literary way and mm-hmm. in my own stuff aside from auditioning for things. And it didn't work out. And because, uh, we just don't work the same way, mm-hmm. but I also can't, uh, fault this person for not working the way I need them to work. Right. Because they, uh, A, it wasn't the right match. B, I need to put out more stuff. Mm-hmm. I need to create more. Right. And I shouldn't think of someone else doing the job. Right. I should think about me creating just to do it, not to be a thing. Right. Remember we talked about yeah. the, if I'm going to get here. It's like, no, I don't really need that right now. I just want to create because I want to. Right. Like you said about your yeah. show. And then whatever comes from it comes, mm-hmm. but the relationship wasn't the right one for me. Right. And I had to have the courage to leave, which I did. Right. Um, which was hard. Very hard. It yeah. was, this, you know, it's, yeah. um, it could have been useful at some point, but yeah, so. No, it's, it's that. very, very difficult. And I've been in that situation more than once. Yeah. And I, I feel like. It kind of goes back to the permission thing that I was talking about because mm-hmm. a lot of times with representation, you want those people to be the ones who are saying, I'm giving you permission, I'm giving you the path, you here can, you go, yeah, here you, you can go. do you it, can do uh, you it. can do it, you know, to be your cheerleader, to be uh, your resource of how things are going to happen. And that's just, that's just not the case. You are always the one who is in charge, whether you like it or not. And mm-hmm. you are the one who is going to create your your path and That's your right. decisions. And and I, you know, if you keep waiting for somebody to come along who's gonna come, like find you and say, Where 
this person is amazing. I'm going to push aside You've heard the that brush. Before. What? You've heard that. Where have you? Oh, You're, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. how have you not? Right, right. Well, we need to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk, you know. Let's talk. And, uh, y- you know, I've, I've, I certainly have fallen for that, mm-hmm. you know, in my youth. And I don't mean fall for it like they were um, trying to con me. But I know that no one understands what I need to do or myself better than me. And that nobody is going to be able to guide me in the way that I can guide myself. And and, in fact, you know what? That's the, the only person who can guide me as well as myself now is my husband. That's that's who it is. He's my manager. He, you know, and I know we, I know that we are we are lucky that we have people who are in our life that we can go to, who trust, who are have the exact same interests as we do. That isn't about a commission, although my husband thinks he should get a commission. I don't know what that means. Should get a commission, or should have pushed yeah, me I off mean, the roof you know, by now. Yeah, I mean it's it's. You know, you have to have your support group around you who really knows who you are at your core and will give you the right kind of advice. And, you know, if that's your your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your best friend, your fellow artists, um, they're such an important part of, of keeping you on the tracks, much more than somebody who's going to be getting 10% of of whatever job you get because that not that job might not be exactly what you should be doing you know and I think that we both are lucky with you know the people who represent us and I think that it's been a really uh, long journey for me to get to a place where I'm really happy and feel right. like um, you know secure in, in that relationship I've had right. a lot of great people along the way but too much emphasis when you get into the business is put on what agent you're with mm-hmm. and uh, and signing with an agent and and you know that that's going to give you the keys to the kingdom there are no keys there are no keys there are no keys although sometimes it feels that way it feels like somebody got them and they got in there and you're like hey wait How? whoa where no one told us you get there? i've been scaling this wall How and did you get uh, those keys made? <laughs> I mean, I've been scaling this wall. I've been scaling. I've been, How did you just get in that? You just walked right in with some keys. I'm right below you going, wait, did that guy get in the door? (laughs) We both have our climbing equipment. Um, It does seem that way, though, sometimes. It does, but I mean, I don't think that any performer would ever feel like they were just handed keys. No. You know, we've we've all had our own struggles, paths, and... There are plenty of people listening to us talk right now. We're like, are they, are they kidding me? Yeah. You know, like, go to hell, hell. basically. Really? And you know what? I, I get it. Me too. Because you basically look at other people and you compare and you despair and you think, well, where, you know, where am I in the scheme of things and what am I getting and, you know, it's it's hard it's hard not to do that but um at the end of the day you just have to go to those people who really know you and right. and ground you in, in who you are 
Right. I, did, I think I learned a lesson this week uh, that, you know, it's like that's all looking for love and all. Right. Well. No manager's going to give you that. No, no agent's going to give you that. Nope. It's not their job. It's not their job to give you that. Uh, uh, and that's not necessarily what I was looking for. I, I think this particular relationship just was not right for me. But it, it, it also set off an alarm in me about myself. And, right. it's, and it said, and I know we're going to go soon. God, we have to go to work. Um, which is, yeah, you know, you can't expect for people to build the house for you. Yeah. You're building your own house. Okay. Like my, my work is my house. I can't expect them to come in and start building all this stuff without the foundation. I'm building yeah. that foundation. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll have the guy come in and do the wallpaper and I'll have the, the fixtures and all that stuff. I'm really not ready for that. I'm still building my foundation. So I was expecting something that I wasn't really ready for, actually. And at some point, I will be. But I think now something inside me is like, no, you, you just, you're not done building yet. Mm. And then you'll know it just wasn't the right time right now. You keep doing what you're doing. Right. Life's really good. You keep doing what you're doing. This relationship wasn't right. People are going to think what they're going to think. Let them. And just move on and it's more complicated than that but I don't you know it's it's not the particulars that matters it's it's about being self-aware and keeping my side of the street clean mm -hmm. and I'm trying to do that in the midst of a little bit of kerfufflery sure um, but I'm so glad that you asked me to do this of course so I, I, I apologize to the people listening I literally didn't realize that this latte there were three shots of espresso, so I probably, it was like an ADHD conversation. Every, every conversation I have, I think, is really caffeine-influenced. Oh, my God. So I'm it's like, good. No, this was great. We covered so many things. We did. We and did. Really, and now we have to do shows. And, and I do want to say to the people that are listening at whatever level you're at, um, I really do love what I do. Yeah. I do. It, it, we talk about being on the edge of like, oh God, and being too, you know, too ambitious or this or that or running. But at the base of it all, I'm still that kid in high school. Right. That when I got to do Maggie in a Chorus Line, which was yeah. like the biggest thing in the world to me, that love for being an actor and creator or whatever is even when I'd make radio shows on my little tape recorder in my closet, yeah. I'm still have that wonder and that excitement um if i can act if i can keep that positive curious mind uh it's not there all the time but if i can access it from time to time and keep going back to that place it is it's really really good because yeah. that's why i got into this in the first place right. i didn't get into it for money although as i'm getting older it's it's certainly an issue but that wonder and that curiosity, if you have that, mm -hmm. keep going. Just keep keep doing it. Right. Whatever it is. Whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know? Right. So that's all I got. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for giving us all you have, as you always do. I'm like, I'm I like Tony nothing. Robbins. <laughs> Did you watch that? His I'm not Netflix? your guru. Oh, yeah. Pick up the phone. Are you kidding? Wait. I'm wait, wait, wait. Go. Leslie, I have to tell you, this is embarrassing. I saw a tweet that it was coming out, and I <laughs> waited until <laughs> it showed up on my Netflix, which was at 
3 a.m. <laughs> because it was Pacific Coast go. time. And I'm not even that obsessed with him, but I knew I was like, this is going to be my jam. I want to see what happens Pick in this thing. Pick up the phone. <laughs> I, that was so intense. That was intense. There was a, the Tony Robbins uh, Netflix show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's intense. I, I What I want to do is... Go to that because you know I'll, I'm all about Oprah. Me I'm too, all about, honey. You know I'm, I've, honey. I need it. I Me need too. It, I love it. Right? And my husband, a normal person, he's literally like, "Oh my god, I can't believe." You. I, what I want to do is bring him to a Tony Robbins convention and see the look on his face the entire Because my husband's like, "That's what we should do. We should bring our husbands oh to a Tony god, Robbins so convention." Because they're the spouses of yeah. people like us. of crazies. Of crazy people. Oh my god! But by the way, my, I talked to Gerald this morning, and he says hello, Aww. and you know how much he loves you and thinks you are the funniest, most wonderful him. person. He saw you in Legally Blonde. I think he's going to be mad that I don't know the exact number, but it was like six or seven times. I can't even believe that. I saw it. I saw it, and you know I'm obsessed with Legally Blonde. It's one of my favorite movies, first of all, and the show was. You're, you were you were amazing in that, and um, your your career and who you are is to me just so interesting, wonderful, exciting, and you're the kind of Broadway performer, the kind of artist that I aspire to be, and and I think that you know what? you're just fun. I mean, to, the fact That's... that I got to work with you and nobody loves oh you God. at Second Stage, which we had so much fun. I saw Heath and Alec yesterday. Yes, right? yes, we had so much fun doing that a few years ago. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's I didn't know you when I was seeing you in Legally Blonde, and and, and right. so excited about what you were putting out there. So to get to work with you and get to know you. As a person and, and be friends with you is Thanks, the cool Rory. part of this business. You it's know, really to to, cool to get to be thrown into rooms with people you respect in so many different ways. So it's it's amazing, and you are you know everyone looks to you as and I'm not just doing this because you were just so sweet to me, but it just <laughs> dawned on me too again like your your um, humanitarian stuff that you do. That's like oh. And yeah, before we end this, like, let's just say for someone that is, yes, wanting to do the thing and ambitious in that line, you have given a chunk of yourself to that effort to, to, for no reason except wanting to support that. And that is selfless. Well... Yes, thank you. Yeah. Except I really wanted to marry Gerald. So that's, uh, you know, I did have a little bit of a selfish, I mean, I literally wanted to marry the guy. That's and, okay. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, what I would say and what I've, you know, brought up in, in this podcast is that being able to be a part of something that was yes. outside of just the ambition, it's it's what saved my life and kept me in the business. And, and there you, know, you go. I think that. Uh, Gerald's really, really cute. Know, he right? has beautiful skin. Does he do something special? Um, no. It's like no. I'm getting look, he he's definitely his into skin. his products. No, I can't. What well, what about the hair? No, it's both. like the hair is what. You're gonna get worried. You're like, listen, I don't touch anyone. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's so cute. He's he's so cute. I know. He's so cute. 
skin. Yeah, actually, I'm going to call him right now and make sure he's at home. <laughs> <laughs> he's at, a, what is it, 1, 10 in the morning? Yeah, it's three hours. He, right. No, he's at the beach nice today. Day. He's at the beach. Oh. Yeah, in L.A. at the beach. A nice, warm October 21st, what is it? I'd love to get a job out there. It's the only way I could stay out there. I was so depressed. It's a I different. Ate it's a, my feelings yeah. every day during season. Yeah, yeah. I call it re- rejection season. It's a really fun time. By the way, before we go, I do want to. I just learned. I've just remembered. I wrote a scene in this script that takes place at your wedding. What? I totally oh forgot. My God. Yeah, I totally. When it's done, if I keep the scene. Yeah. It took place, but it's not Rory's wedding. Right, right. It was the setting is your wedding. Right. This big fight that happens between two people is okay. at your wedding. There was a big fight at my wedding? No, but it oh, was inspired by that night. Okay. And outside of the Edison Ball and yeah. in the stairwell. Yeah. And the scene takes place where these two people are watching this wedding happen. Right. And I just thought of it. Like, I'm watching the wedding. It's so beautiful and everything. And then I'm like... And then when I wrote the scene, I thought about the wedding later. And it's these two people. And they're watching the same. Something with the vows. And something triggers something. And these two people get into a fight. And it's in the stairwell. Oh, my God. (laughs) With the picture. Didn't you guys have, like, a picture? No. Okay. So... I had to sing at Jennifer Lopez's 40th birthday at the Edison Ballroom. Long story. So what I did was I combined the wedding and the aspects of the 40th birthday was the fact that her and um, Anthony, what's his face, that were married at the time, they have big pictures of themselves and her all over the Edison Ballroom and their children. Huge pictures. So during the fight on the stairwell, there's a huge picture of... The two grooms, whoever they would be, right, like right. in the script, like like this, and these two people are having this humongous fight right under the scene. <laughs> <laughs> so I combined the two, but right. I just remembered. I said, "Oh my god, I wrote that scene." I remember it was after Rory's wedding, and I wrote the scene. The way I described it is the exact how your wedding exactly looked. Oh my god! But it wasn't about the wedding itself. Right. It was what triggered Setting. the vows and these two people not being happy or married right. and so yeah it's that's, ra- right. that's so weird anyway that was so random two years ago now two years ago two years yeah. Yeah. still at it I I have a lot of good advice on how to get through two years just ditch them in on the west coast <laughs> <laughs> sometimes see, see how it works out but yeah it's pretty crazy that it's been Two years. And, and how long are you in Hamilton for? Like, un- unended, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah, I mean, forever until they take that scepter from my cold, <laughs> cold gay dead. hands. I mean, I I don't know. I, 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 I'm really, I love doing it. Obviously, the only concern I have is that Gerald and I get in the same city. So, yeah. we'll see. To be continued. To be continued. Right now, it's working. That's right. Well, All I right. love you, Leslie Kritzer. Thank do, you so much. Matinee. Yeah, let's go to our matinees. All right. Bye. Bye. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.